Welcome to the Sunday Preaching Podcast of The Point Church, located in Perdido Key, Florida. We believe strongly in the expositional preaching of God's Word that builds our faith and grows us up in Christ. I'm glad you're either downloading the sermon or listening live, and I pray that this message is a help to you on your journey of faith. Now join me as we get to the point. I know that many of you are probably rushing out of here trying to finalize all the small little details in your homes that you're celebrating tonight and even tomorrow morning. Uh, If you know me a little bit, I absolutely love Christmas. My family, we love Christmas. If it were up to me, we would decorate on October 1st. I know some of you, that just seems like the craziest thing ever. The only thing that's keeping us from doing that is that we purchase a real tree. And so that's called a fire hazard. So we don't do that. So we wait until after Thanksgiving. Uh, But I absolutely love Christmas. I I love the music. I love the lights. Uh, We don't decorate our own own house with lights, but we appreciate all of you decorating yours so that we can stare at them. Uh, We we will drive through neighborhoods to see who's decorating, who's not. We'll we'll rate them, you know, one to 10, uh, A to F. We, We absolutely love uh, Christmas lights and doing that. We love the Christmas smells. As soon as the Christmas candles come out in the stores, I'm there buying about 17 of them for the week. And they are every single place, nook and cranny or home. We're lighting them constantly. And I just love every single bit of those types of things with Christmas. But most of all, and I'm not just saying this just to say this, I genuinely love being with my family in creating traditions. I love it. I absolutely just thrive on it in the Christmas season. Now, our traditions evolve every single year as our boys get older and older. They're seven and five, and they've adjusted some. Uh, Some of them, we pray, that will stay constant. And I'm going to share some of those with you here in just a moment. Uh, One of those traditions that we do is Advent. Every single night before bedtime, we give an Advent devotion, or we have an Advent devotion, and it basically gives an overview of the narrative of Scripture, counting down to every single day until Christmas Day. It begins at the very beginning of the Bible and surveys through the major themes that took place in the Old Testament and how every single one points to Jesus Christ. Every single one points to Jesus Christ. Now, there are 39 books in the Old Testament, And during that time, the people were waiting for the arrival of a Messiah. Now, can you imagine the anticipation that they must have had? That they've read about these things, they've heard about these things, and they're just waiting. Now, for us, it's a little bit easier because we are on on the other side of the cross. But they're constantly waiting every single day for the coming of the Messiah. What's he going to look like? What's he going to be like? What's he going to act like? Can you imagine the anticipation? They all knew that it was going to happen. And they waited for years, hundreds, not thousands of years, waiting each and every single day. Now for us, waiting for Christmas, for the most part, is 25 days. Now, if you remember, if you're an adult in the room or a child, no matter what, you can remember a day that it just seemed like light years for Christmas to finally arrive. Do you remember that? You're counting down every single day. Uh, several weeks ago, or on December 5th, uh, one of my sons, they were moving the little star on an advent calendar that we have. Now, we have about 17 advent calendars all around. It's on every corner. It's like, whoa, hey, another day. And we're behind on that one. We're behind on this one. 
But there's one main one, and it's one of the smaller ones. It's right there in the main hallway, and they move a little star. And on December 5th, they put this little star in the number five, and you could hear them counting how many days until Christmas. And one of them said, 20 days? Then Christmas is never going to happen. It seems so far away. And, and at that age, seven to five, it, 20 days is a really, really long time. And that's over two weeks, right? I mean, that's a long, long time. Uh, do you remember that feeling? Adults, you remember that? Just waiting each and every single day and how exciting it was. And you anticipated the celebration of, of Christmas morning. You could just kind of smell the hot chocolate or the, whatever your mom made, the cinnamon rolls, uh, the lunch. You could smell it. You could, you could taste it. You could feel that it's warmth. You could hear the ripping of the wrapping paper going crazy. You know, and you could see dad just stuffing it in the garbage bag as you unwrapped everything. Right? I never understood that until I became a father. Right? It's kind of like the initiation. Right? If you're a father, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But remember when you asked for a certain gift and you were almost positive that you were going to receive that gift, but you knew you wouldn't get it until Christmas Day. You asked for it. You could just see it in your parents. They're like, oh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get this. But I've got to wait until Christmas. But some of you may have been completely unsure, just wishing and hoping and anticipating that you just might get that one gift that you were hoping to get, that you thought about that gift constantly. When you went to school or at church, you told your friends about it. Uh, you tried reminding your parents about that particular gift every chance that you got. And sometimes your parents even had to tell you, we've heard it. We understand you want the gift. You don't have to say it to us again. But you continue bringing it up over and over and over. It's like my two sons are not in here. They want a Star Wars t-shirt. They remind us constantly. And we've said, hey, you don't need to remind us. But then when one of them prays, God, I hope I get a Star Wars t-shirt. And after the prayer, we said, hey, we, used to, we, we told you you didn't have to remind us. He said, I was talking to God. That's fair. Remember, you woke up every single morning thinking about this gift. You went to bed every night not being able to fall asleep because it was on your mind. But when you did fall asleep, finally, you woke up the next day realizing that all you did was dream about that one particular gift. You would even sneak around your house. Admit it. Admit it. You would sneak around your house looking in the, every single nook and cranny to try to see if you could find that gift. Nobody wants to admit that. I, I can kind of feel it in my bones now, but you know that you did it. You would even sneak around and some of you found the spot, but most of us could never find it. Mom and dad were just really, really good at hiding things. And I kind of understand that as a parent now. But you just had to try to guess it. And the gift was the only thing that you could think about. It's the only thing that you even really cared about. For 25 days, that one particular gift that you thought about was almost, it was almost as if that was the only thing keeping you alive. Right? This, that was your motivation for all of life, of all of living for 25 solid days. Then what happened? December 25th happened. Christmas morning finally arrived. You're, you're sitting in your bed at the wee hours of the morning wondering, can I finally get up? Is it appropriate for me to get up just yet? I, I really want to, but should I? 
And you finally realize, yep, I'm just, I'm just going to own it. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to sprint to wherever the tree is. And there you are right there. You see the gift that you've been waiting for for 25 days. It's right there. It's almost like in a movie, everything's going fast paced, but really slow at the same time. And you can see what's going on around you, but not really. All you can see is this one gift sitting under the tree. All those sleepless nights, all those conversations about that particular gift was all worth it because your gift had finally arrived. Now, Christmas morning to me is the best part about Christmas, right? As most of your members, Christmas morning, amen. I heard somebody say amen over there. Christmas morning is, is wonderful. Now, as I mentioned, our traditions slightly change each year, but there is one tradition that we have kept, even when Scout, our oldest, was just a little, tiny, little baby. Now, believe it or not, my wife and I are the very first ones to wake up on Christmas morning. Not our kids. We're just as excited. I'm pretty sure we, we like increase the amount of time we were awake on Christmas day. Like we wake up at 4 a.m., 3 a.m., 2 a.m., just because we're so excited about what our kids are going to get and how excited they're going to be. And it's just going to be a fun day. But one tradition that we have kept is this. Christmas morning, what we do, we, we burst into our son's rooms. We just burst open. It's loud like we're cops and robbers in there. And we start shouting like crazy. And this is what we shout. We shout this. The king is here. The king is here. We have been waiting so long and he is here. He has come for us. And we shout it for minutes, but we shout it over and over and over. We'll jump on couches. We'll jump on each other's beds, run up and down the hallway, flush the toilets, turn the lights on. We are so excited that the king is here. We'll go into our neighbor's house and jump on their beds and tell them that the king is here. He has finally arrived. Can you imagine? what it would have been like over 2,000 years ago to hear someone say, the king is here and he has come for us. Can you imagine what the shepherds would have thought when the angels told them, a child has been born. Their fathers, their grandfathers, great-grandfathers shared stories about the coming of the Messiah. But here they are in real time, being told that the king is here. And we're not thinking of their personal torment or their trials. They had one thing on their mind, most likely, that the king is here. Knowing that the king is here should give us peace. If you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 20. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Now, as I read, I wonder if we can enter into a time of, of reverent worship as I read the text. I wonder as I read, we can consider the weight of what the Scripture is communicating here. I pray that you would meditate and consider that when the, the king came into the world, he had you in mind. Scripture says this. In those days, a decree went from Caesar Augustus 
that all the world should be registered. This was for, this was the first registration when Kyrgyz was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let me read that one more time. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the what church? Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, as with the angel of multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as that had been told them. This is the reading of his word, and everyone said, There's two main things I want you to take away from today. In light of this text and in light of Christmas, the first one is this. There is peace knowing that the king has arrived. There is peace knowing the king has arrived. When Jesus was born over 2,000 years ago, he was placed in a manger that was fit for a king. Aren't you glad he didn't stay there? He lived a perfect life, knowing his purpose. To die on a cross, interceding for us, appeasing the wrath of God. He not only died on the cross, but he resurrected and he defeated death three days later. Jesus did not arrive just to show off, although he could have done that. He didn't arrive just to show off. He arrived so that he could sympathize with us, to give us life, to be with us, to show that he loves us. And he arrived because he was thinking of you. He was thinking of you. I wonder 
if you've experienced the peace that only comes from Christ. If not, it is the greatest peace that you will ever know. It is the greatest peace that you will ever know. One thing about being on this side of the cross is knowing that not only did Christ arrive 2,000 years ago, he's going to do it again. This should encourage us and this should give us peace. And this is the second thing I want you to know today. That there is peace knowing that the king will return. He will return. He's not forgotten about us, church. I'm sure the shepherds, as we read in Luke chapter two, had a thought or two in their lifetime that the Messiah had surely forgotten about them. But I just want to encourage you. Jesus has not forgotten. He is present now just as much as he ever has. And he will continue to be present, but he will return. We can have peace knowing that Jesus will come back for his church. It can give us a great excitement to anticipate his glorious return because it will be glorious. And he is waiting for the time that the Father in heaven has designated for his return. So church, it should encourage us to continue the fight, to continue the faith, to press on for what is true, for what is good and what is holy. It should encourage us to press on to make disciples, to continue to worship the Lord who is on the throne. 